Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Good morning, everybody. I want you to turn with me to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 9. And it's one verse and it says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Isn't that a beautiful scripture, friends? Uh, May the Lord add his blessing to that scripture this morning. A man was looking for a job when he noticed that there was an opening in the local zoo. He inquired about the job and discovered that the the zoo had a very unusual position in which they wanted to fill. Apparently their gorilla had died and they could not get a new one in time. So they needed someone to dress up in a gorilla suit and act just like a gorilla would for just a few days. His job was to just sit, eat and sleep. And thanks to a very fine gorilla suit, no one would be the wiser. The zoo offered him really good pay and for this job, so so the man decided to do it. Why not, he thought to himself. He, He tried on the suit and sure enough, he looked just like a gorilla. They led him to the cage and he took his position in the back of the cage and pretended to sleep. That all went well, but after a couple of hours, He got tired of just sitting there. So he decided to walk round and and just stretch his legs. Well, all the watching people decided, suddenly got very excited of him walking round. So he he thought, I'll jump up and down. So he jumped up and down and he tried a few gorilla noises and the people who watched him just loved it. And they started to crowd round and cheer and throw in peanuts. And this man just loved peanuts. Wow, this is great, he thought. I'm being paid as well. He came to a vine that was hanging there and he started to swing on the vine and the crowd just grew bigger and bigger. And he continued on to the swinging on the vine, getting higher and higher and higher. And then all of a sudden, the vine broke. He swung up and out of his cage and landed in the lion's den next door. He panicked because just in front of him was a huge lion and it looked very hungry and very mean. So the man in the gorilla suit started jumping up and down, screaming and yelling, help, help, get me out of here. I'm not really a gorilla, I'm a man in a gorilla suit. (coughs) The huge lion, it quickly pounced on him threw him to the floor, held him down and said, will you shut up? You'll get us both fired. Story. Friends, sooner or later, we will all get found out when we will blow our cover when we try to do something that we are not. It's only a matter of time before who we are And what we are becomes obvious to everyone. 
and any attempt to conceal our true nature will eventually be futile. This morning, the question is, who are we really? And who are we pretending to be? We might fool one another for a time, posing and posturing and pretending to be something we really aren't. We might even succeed in convincing a few people that we are something or something different. But ultimately, God knows who and what we are, no matter how hard we might pretend to be something different. This morning, I want to ask you the question, what kind of person does God choose? Now, I've called this message, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Anyone. And it's a follow-up to my last message, which I spoke on, There's No Magic in the Taps, a few weeks ago. And in that sermon, I said that God can use anyone. Well, I'd like to tell you something this morning. He's not looking for posers, for fakers or actors. He's looking for real people, people willing to stand up for what's right. He's looking for people who, are, who, who care for our fellow man. He's looking for people of proven character. Someone once said, character is who you are when no one else is looking. Well, God is always looking and he's looking to choose people, people of proven character. Are you available this morning? I want to briefly share three characteristic traits that God is looking for in our lives. And to do that, I want to tell you about three Bible characters who represent these three character traits. Now, the first character trait God is looking for is courage. God wants to choose courageous people. Do you remember the story, the Bible story of David and Goliath? You'll find it in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And most of us will know that, that Jack Goliath was a giant. Today, I'd like to share a bit more information about Goliath the Gittite. First of all, he was from the town of Gath, one of the five royal cities of the Philistines. He stood nine feet tall, and some, although some ancient manuscripts have him as little smaller, he fought as an armoured charioteer, and he wore a 76-inch belt. His helmet was said to have weighed up to 30 pounds, and his coat of armour weighed 125 pounds. That's like carrying a man on your back. He carried a spear made of solid bronze, and the head of the spear alone weighed 25 pounds. He was a monster of a man, twice the size of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and yet even bigger than John Wayne. He was intimidating, he was scary, and he was huge. So what in the world was a 14-year-old boy thinking of when he thought he could handle this scary mess of a giant. Now, David had talent. He was really good with a slingshot, which he had learned from at a very early age in his role as a shepherd boy. But the unique thing about David was that he had committed, friends, he had committed everything in his life to God. 
and he had made himself available. He gave his skill to God and expected God to use it. You see, it really doesn't matter how much ability we have or not have. What matters, friends, is availability. Having the courage to tell God, here I am, Lord, use me. It was no accident that David killed Goliath with a slingshot. It was not fate. It, was, it certainly was not a coincidence. David had practiced day after day for years with this slingshot. He was consistent in his availability and he had given his talent to God. And on a daily basis, he made that talent consistently available. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are we consistent in our walk? Are we consistent in our availability? Or do we just go with the flow? Do what we want. Say what we want. Come when we want. I'd like to think about that this morning. God had spent a lifetime preparing David for this giant. And it wasn't luck that made David the winner. It was no lucky shot. It was the fact that he was available for God's use. So God used him. His courage was based on his preparations and on his confidence in God. I don't know what giants we may be facing right now. I don't know what giants will cross our paths next week, in two weeks, maybe in two years' time. But I do know this. If we commit everything in our lives to God and make ourselves available to him, he will equip us with all the courage and resources needed to handle any giant that crosses our path. The Apostle John reminds us where our courage comes from in 1 John 2 verse 28. And now, dear children, continue to live in fellowship with Christ so that when he returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. What is the source of this courage? In David's life, we see it rooted in his relationship with God. So our courage comes from living in fellowship with Christ. That means having a relationship with Jesus and being available to him. What kind of person does God choose? Not always the person with ability, but always the person with availability. Which person in this room today will God choose to bless and give courage? The one who is overflowing with abilities? No. Simply the one who chooses to be 100% available. How available are you this morning? The second trait God is looking for in us is conviction. As he looks for people to choose and use, he wants men and women with conviction. For those of you who are not sure what conviction means, the dictionary tells us that it's a state of being totally convinced, a strong belief. 
Daniel is a young man in the Bible who illustrates this character trait very, very well. Remember Daniel, the guy in the lion's den, not in the gorilla suit? You can read his story in the book of Daniel around chapter 6. Our first hint of greatness comes in his quiet refusal to give up on his convictions. He had applied God's will to his life and he resisted changing the good habits that he had formed. Because he indulged in prayer, he was able to communicate with God and put into practice his convictions. And because of this, God changed the course of his people, turning an entire nation around. All because one young man became available and with all that he had to give and stayed true to himself and to his God. Deep in the Madagascan jungle, there lives a small frog, Discopus antongile, Latin name. It's better known as the tomato frog, basically because it's red in colour, just like a tomato. It has a unique defence against predators. Once he's attacked, he admits a deadly milky white poison all over his skin. And, the, as, and as the attacking animal bites into the tomato frog, it tastes the poison and spits the frog out of its mouth. Unfortunately, by the time the predator spits out the frog, the traumatised amphibian dies anyway. Without question, the frog's poison is effective. The only problem is, it's too late. It's utterly useless in, in protecting the tomato frog because it is activated after the attack and after the damage has been done. You know, believers in Jesus often suffer the same problem as the tomato frog. We plod along in our lives and when Satan comes to devour us, had he will at some time or other have a go at us, he'll take a few chunks from us in our lives and in our faith, just like that frog, causing us to stumble maybe, causing us no end of spiritual damage. Only then do we react. Only then do we pray. Only then do we call on the Lord for help to get us out of the mess that we're in. Of course, God can help us in times of trouble. And that's important to remember. This morning, are we available to God? This morning, do we hold so strongly to our own faith in God that whatever happens to us, we will do what God says? Because if we do, such conviction keeps us a step ahead of temptation. Such conviction gives us wisdom and stability in changing circumstances and in a changing world. And we must prayerfully live out our convictions in everyday life and trust God for the results so that the enemy is repelled before he bites us, is repelled before the damage is done. The Apostle Paul was a man who left his mark on human history. Because he had proper convictions, he lived out those convictions in his life. 
right convictions which are Bible-based, putting first things first. Friends, I want to say that proper convictions will result in proper character. And character may be defined as the will to do what is right, as defined by God, regardless of cost. Therefore, in order to possess a God-honouring, God-defining character, we must adopt God-honouring, God-defining convictions. What about us this morning? Does God have control of our life? Are our convictions strong? Do we know what we believe and why we believe it? Are we totally committed to him? You see, God wants 100% of our lives. He can't use us if we're only committed 50% to him. But he can and will use us if we are totally available this morning. Dare to be like Daniel. Dare to stand alone. Dare to have a firm purpose. And dare to make it known. Be a believer, friends. Be a believer with conviction. As God looks for people, he chooses and uses, he often looks for a third character trait, concern. We've looked at courage, we've looked at conviction, and now we're looking at concern. But I want to start that by telling you a story. Walking through a forest, a seasoned hiker came upon a broad, slowly moving river. He stopped to gaze at the beautiful surroundings and he heard a cry in the distance coming from upstream. And he looked in the direction of the noise and saw a, a man struggling in the water, drowning in fact. He was floundering all over the place. The hiker was stunned but momentarily, but he sprang into action. He threw off all his gear and dived in the, into the river. He swam like a madman until he got to the spot where the man was struggling. He then reached him, he then pulled him up and out to what below above the surface and hauled him back to the bank of the river. He then, he then, the hiker then attempted to revive the man and eventually he began to breathe. Relieved, the hiker paused to catch his breath. But no sooner had he done so, he heard another voice. On the water, another drowning person. Once again, he swam out and pulled the person to shore. And as the hiker revived the second victim, he heard another cry for help. All day long, the hiker worked rescuing one person after another as they drifted down the river. There seemed to be no end to the drowning victims. And the hiker didn't think he could keep it up much longer. Just then he, he, he was about to collapse from exhaustion. He spotted another man rapidly walking along the riverbank, heading upstream. Hey, mister, he cries out, please help me. These poor people are drowning. Amazingly, the man kept walking upstream. The astonished hiker called out again, but the man kept going. Indignant and angry, the hiker leapt to his feet ran towards the uncompassionate man, stood directly in his path and in a loud voice demanded, how can you possibly walk past all these drowning people? 
Have you no conscience? Do you not care? Do I have to force you to help me save these people? The stranger stopped, looked at him for the first time and said in a calm, focused voice, Sir, please get out of my way. I am headed upstream to stop the person who is pushing all these people in. Each of us has a role to play in rescuing those who are drowning, friends, drowning in sin, drowning in apathy, drowning in worldliness. Some of us pull people from the river, from the water, and help resuscitate them with counselling, teaching, food and shelter, and other kinds of practical help. Others of us find our place in ministry, upstream, opposing the one who is pushing people into the river of sin. And we do this by introducing those people to Jesus Christ, knowing that only Jesus can really set a person free from sin and release Satan's power over them. What about you? Are you concerned about the people all around you, drowning and dying from the disease of sin? God is looking for Christian people with deep concerns, concerns for their homes, concerned for their communities, concerned for their schools, concerned for their family, friends and neighbours. No one in the Bible illustrates concern better than Jesus. His concern for us caused him to give up his life for us. And we need to grab hold this morning and grasp the fact that our sufferings, our struggles, our burdens and our needs, which make up our lives, are Jesus's concern. And I really believe, friends, that one day many Christians will experience deep and great remorse and regret for lost opportunities to show their concern for God's people. When Jesus walked on the earth, he was concerned about people and he touched them with the life of God everywhere he went. Friends, we have been commissioned to do the same. In fact, our reward in heaven will be determined by the way we treated those who are hungry, those who are homeless, those who are poor, those who are diseased, those who are imprisoned. Listen to his words in John 15, verses 12 to 14. Verse 12 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command of you. I don't know if anyone here will ever be called upon to risk their life or even give up their life for another. But the attitude of concern that would cause us to want to is the attitude that Jesus is looking for. People all around us in our lives are dying in sin. What will we choose to do? 
Finally, friends, what happens when a 14-year-old boy gave all he had to God? God took what little he had to offer and killed a giant. And through that, God changed the lives of David's people before God, before David, because David was available and he had courage. What happens when one young man, Daniel, gave his life to God? He stayed true to his convictions that God gave him and became available. And through that, God rescued an entire nation because of Daniel's conviction. What happens when we focus our concerns, not on ourselves, but on those around us that are dying? Through that, God uses us as his tools to rescue people from that deadly disease of sin. What kind of person, person does God choose? Not necessarily the one with ability, but always the one with availability. Are you available this morning? Are you available for God this morning? Does God have 100% of your life? Does God have control of your skills and talents? Are you using them to bring glory to him? Or are you just one of them that just goes with the flow? This morning, friends, are you that person looking to God for courage? Are you that person staying true to your convictions? Are you that person concerned about the people in the world around you? And are you available? If you are, friends, then God can and will choose you. Thank you.